Tom Cunliffe has released his new album, Secret Exhibition. Here is Tom talking about inspirations from Kale to Cohen and why it took three years to release the record after the recording only took five days. COVID really stretched yeah. out the, uh, the album cycle. And from what I read, though, it only took five days to record. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, that's a little bit of a... Um, a stretch? It's a little, <laughs> it's a little misleading because I, I, that first lockdown, I basically spent um, the whole thing uh, in a little room uh, off the side of our house in Tirangi. And um, I sort of I just was like, well, got a month. What am I going to do? And locked right. myself in there and um, spent the time kind of arranging the songs and um, playing with string arrangements and doing doing all the things, doing the bass and stuff, and do all all at a very like low level. Um, but just um, we had quite a lot of the um, the feel for it by the time we got into the studio. Um, so there were a lot of other days before the just recording of it. Um, and having said that, it changed a lot once we started recording. Like once, um, once I talked to Dave and uh, Dave Khan. Uh, once we chatted about it, um, there were plenty of places where we went. Oh, this is a bit too much, or we'll take that out, or um, we'll do this differently. And five days, five whole days is actually it's actually quite a lot of time, you know, right. uh, when you're just doing one thing, just focusing on on the music, and you kind of close the doors of the studio and get down in there and time kind of stops. So it did right. feel like a good amount of time. So, so how did you and Dave Khan work together? Who did what production wise? Um, well, I had, um, I had these quite fill, filled out demos and, uh, and I was chatting to Dave and he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I sort of had all these quite um, abstract ideas and he was like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and then in the end, he was just like, uh, well, just let's just do this, but better. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, that made things simple. And um, he's like, just get good players. Um, and so he suggested Tom Broom for playing drums, who was right. just incredible. And uh, my friend Eamon, I've been playing with for a long time. So that was just natural um, right. fit. And he's an incredible bass player. And I knew I wanted um, the upright bass. So um, we had... You know, and Dave plays so many things. So um, yep. uh, I knew he'd be able to take all the string stuff, which I'd done um, with like little samples. Um, and uh, and yeah, and so um, we kind of just had that bass and we just, you know, that basic group. And um, we had the demos to listen to every time we, we started a new track and go, oh, something like this. I mean, Tom on the drums was just great he actually he just listened to the track beforehand and goes hear my little stupid sample drum thing and go oh yeah i get that and then do it just a thousand times better and gotcha like so real drums let's pick a, a song i'll not i won't say it random because it's not but uh, refusing the wave because it came out you have a kind of video thingy with it and it's and it's almost five and a half minutes long so there's a lot of stuff involved in that song writing wise yeah. and production wise so Take us inside that one if you don't mind. Joy is the muse, song is the light, desire is the day that stays open all night. 
the script that abandons the page. I just the water refusing the way. That one is probably the one that has had had the most um, iterations lyrically. Um, ah. I sort of I wrote maybe the first first four or five verses or something came out quite quickly, maybe back in 2019. Um, I was staying at my friend's house and looking after her dogs, and I had sort of two weeks of just writing, and um, right. and that was kind of a response to. Um, I remember I'd been reading a lot of Zadie Smith essays and um, she'd written one about joy and the nature of joy. And I guess I started taking that approach of analyzing these quite fundamental um, emotions uh, and trying to rethink them. And then they, it sort of turned out to be these um, this sort of cascading metaphor thing. And once that, that structure was there lyrically, um, there was you know, it was sort of endless the way you could, or the way I could uh, pull it out, pull it apart. Right. And so, so I had that and I had a, I had the chords. I think I'd, I'd been practicing sort of um, Phil, uh, Philip Glass piano stuff. And um, right. I think some of that crept in there. And, um, and so I had like the first half of it and then I ended up with, about 11 minutes worth of lyrics that I thought were going to be the final um, song. And one of the, one of the, you know, a third of it, then I ended up cutting out because um, I felt like it distracted uh, from the other two, which I felt were the first half being set uh, or being universal. And then the second half sort of being current. Um, uh-huh. uh, and, and musically. Yeah. So it was sort of that, um, repetitive minimalist piano stuff and um and and i think the the key thing for me was when i uh had the the long viola sweeping thing in behind that kind of adds a sort of musical or melodic um aspect to it when my my singing is quite you know it's all about the the words and just less less melodic i guess Uh who's playing the viola was it dave dave's playing the viola yeah yeah um i think we were both in big uh we were both into john cale in a big way at the time and so i love john cale (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) i think he's got a new album coming out like next month or something so does he yes he does oh that's exciting so that's great we're looking forward to that yeah. So, yeah, so exactly. in addition to John Cale, because I was playing some of your stuff with my flatmate here, and of course he mm-hmm. rattled off Leonard Cohen and Jeff Buckley, and I heard a little Harry Nilsson in there, but I love hearing that John Cale. Oh, so, are all those accurate or all those relevant? To what, 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 or are they completely off base? Uh, no, really, yeah, really accurate. I mean, I guess they're not. I guess they're not necessarily. I didn't go into it thinking uh, this is like this, but uh, yeah. they're all people that I really uh, loved in the past and um, and still do. Um, yeah, Lynn Cohen, and Bob Dylan. Nelson Nelson is like someone who I got into 
uh, after the last record, people were, had given had done that comparison, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, oh well, really? Let me check this out." Ah. Yeah, because I, I knew Harry Nelson as the person who had done the Fred Neil song, so I was into Fred Neil. Right, everybody's and, um, talking. Yeah, <laughs> and and he had done everybody's talking, and um, and so I knew that, and then I and then I sort of delved a little deeper, and um, the Nelson Smelson um, record <laughs> right. is just oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Really it's amazing because he's like known it's... for Everybody's Talking and Without You, which are two songs that he didn't write, but he's such an yeah. amazing songwriter as himself, so he's, he's got that kind of weird yeah. thing going on. Well, there's that song he wrote, um, I can't remember what it's called, maybe it's called Raindrop or something, and it's just about a raindrop um, going down the windowsill, um, and I, it's such a beautiful little observation and, and uh, yeah, amazing song. I think that's on that album, but... Um, yeah, he's he's pretty incredible. I, I love the way that he um he doesn't he's not defined by one genre or anything. Or not, even yeah. within a record, he's yep. he's like he can do anything. It can go in any direction. The songs don't need to really link together, and yep. he it feels very free. You know, he's whatever he f wants to do, he's going to do it. So yep. Yep. I, I yep. really like that. Yeah. I, I did read that uh, you kind of, I think, or somebody who wrote this, uh, says this is an explorer's album or a record. So is that accurate? And what does that mean? <laughs> uh, I think uh, when you um, you have to write things about your album. And I, know. I guess when I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when I, then, um, then you get them thrown back at you. You go, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, 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 I do know what you're talking about because yeah I wrote that so um, <laughs> uh, I think when I was sort of thinking about it and having to come up with um, trying to define it without defining it too much um, the, basically the songs um, were written in uh, all sorts of places um, I went on a European tour in 2019 uh, for two months I was sort of traveling around Europe playing little shows um, right house concerts and um, little small bars and whoever would take me and they're really good over in Europe. They, um, they'll like give you accommodation and drinks for the night and a little bit of pay, even if yep. you're just some random dude from New Zealand. Right, right, so, right. um, so I was doing a lot of, a lot of that and a lot of the songs, a lot of the lyrics anyway, um, have connections to these various places, cafes in Munich, I remember. And, um, and yeah, even, you know, like I said, um, my friend's house in and my house in Titarangi. And then um, there was even a song I wrote on a, I had to, I pulled over on the motorway to, um, <laughs> to get the, the words down. Uh, right. And so, yeah, it's, um, so for me, it's a, it's a record where the feeling of it is exploration. It's, it's kind of a, um, it feels lonely to me in a way but in the sense of like you know that space that's yet to be filled so right you you might be alone but then you you you've got a whole world to fill that that gap with um so there there are a lot there are different place names um and um maybe it's a state of mind um that i was in when i was writing the record um so that's where that came from <laughs> cool um, another one i want yeah. to touch on if you don't mind it's called They Only See the Scars, which to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, it had an early Bee Gees vibe to it, like I got to get a message oh, well. to you kind of thing. And I love the guitar at the end. I don't know if is that Dave or you or whoever is playing it, but there's some pretty cool stuff. So take it yeah, from there. Yeah, that's Dave.
the guitar solo was um we we were actually we we were first gonna just leave it and all right this is feeling really good we're just gonna keep keep playing just let yep. it let it go out to the end we're feeling good um and then we were like oh, does it need something um and then dave played the solo and um and we put we took it in and put it put it in took it out we're like we miss it get it back yep. in there it's so yep. and and at one point it was the only oh well no there's actually a couple of guitar solos on the record but it was sort of there aren't it's not really a guitar solo type of record so no um, it's not no, i wouldn't call it that yeah <laughs> yeah so um we uh but we thought that's that makes it more interesting you know um yeah. and the song uh the song was kind of inspired by um this movie called francis ha um about this girl who's sort of in new york and she's late 20s doesn't know what she's doing with her life um she wants to be a dancer but she's not really doing the things or that she needs to do to be a dancer and it's kind of you know she's a bit of a mess or whatever but she, for me i thought she was the best character i've ever seen right and um and it made me start to make me think about how um i think sometimes the people that i like the most are the ones that are a bit of a mess um, and they do beautiful things and they create amazing stuff. And it's sort of, it's about, it's about those sort of people, I guess. Cool. So now you're, you're doing a few live gigs as well coming up, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've, um, um, teaming up with Ebony Lamb, who uh, used oh. to be in Ebon Sparrow. Yep, yep. And, uh, we're going around playing a bunch of, uh, shows around the country with, First, we're going to Wairarapa and Wellington, which is 8th and the 9th. Um, I think there's still tickets for Wellington, so if you're listening down there, grab them up. Then we're going to New Plymouth on the 15th, which um, uh, they do these pop-up gigs there. So we're going to we're gonna play a show for the people of New Plymouth. Yep. Um, then we've got Auckland, and then... Where are you playing in week, Auckland? Uh, Freedom Margolis. Oh, great. Okay. Um, which is sold out and well it's very well, tiny fortunately but, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it is very small yeah so um we kind of wanted to create these little intimate um because it's just solo stuff so right like, uh, both eb and i are playing solo and then we'll play some songs together but we're kind of taking it back to that old um you know person and piano or person right. and guitar cool um and then we're going to omaru and Christchurch on the 28th and 29th. So if you're down south, um, come along. <laughs> All right. I'll keep that in mind. Well, I just got back from the States, so I'm kind of chilling for yeah, <laughs> travel. Stay yeah. <laughs> it was exhausting. <laughs> First time I've been out of the country in like three years. and it was. Oh, was it a good trip? Yeah, it was. I went to Nashville for the first time to this thing called Americana Fest. So oh, it was wow. Like, like a whole week of full-on live music from beginning to end. But it was I'd great. I'd love to go to Nashville. Yep, you'd probably enjoy it. It's music yeah. everywhere. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just, it's just like they call it Music City, and they got that one right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting, right? Because sometimes music feels quite—I um, don't know—it's like a afterthought in some cities. But um, it'd be interesting to go somewhere where it's the main right. thing. And like, it's probably smaller. I'm sure it's smaller than Auckland, but the amount of venues that were there, and they were, they were just pumping music day and night. You know morning oh, afternoon really? and evening like, like it was ridiculous oh that's so cool 
So yeah. Anyway, so what are you, are you thinking about? What you're doing next, or you're just getting this one out of your system? No, I've started. Um, I've started writing the next album. Um, uh, I I took a trip to um, Italy. My brother is actually getting married, so um, I went over to the northern hemisphere. And and on the way back, spent a couple, uh, maybe like a few weeks in Italy. And I I sort of just got this little went to this little island when um, called Procida. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is off the coast of Napoli. And I just sort of um, bunkered down and started writing and I got sort of four or five songs for the at the start of the next record. And I'm trying a different, slightly different uh, style of writing, um, uh, a bit more minimal and a bit um, uh, mixing the metaphorical and real in a different way. Um, I'm, I'm sure John Cale would approve. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I'll, I'll try get a get him a record and see what he thinks. Yeah, send one out to him. <laughs> Maybe he could produce the next record. <laughs> yeah, why not? He, he's quite the producer. He's done a few uh, yeah. decent ones. Yeah, he's had some success at that. Yes, that he has. <laughs> All right, very good. Well, thanks for spending time talking to me on a Sunday morning. I appreciate it. And, oh, thank you so much. Uh, good luck with the live shows. Hope to see you when you're here uh, somehow, somewhere else. Weasel myself into Frida. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Cool. Thanks so much, Marty. Yep. Bye-bye.